Now, back to more of the most trusted sports information on the air. Sports Talk with John Wilkerson and Jimmy Hyams on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Continues. No I'm John Wilkerson, Vince Ferrara, pinch hitting for Jimmy Hyams. And before we turn our attention to and welcome our good friend, SEC replay official Gerald Hodges, Vince, tell people where you are today. Uh, out here at Admiral Park, 9950 South North Shore in Farragut. It's the first annual Admiral in Retrograde Disc Golf Tournament. And it's brought to you, it's put together by Daniel Hood roofing systems and they're giving back to the community proceeds go to second harvest food bank um even if you don't want to play you can always come by and donate and uh food for family for the holidays we all know how much second harvest food bank what they do in in those dollars and food how how goes such a long way the entry fee is fifty dollars and a hundred percent goes to second harvest it's fun fellowship for a great cause if you want to donate or have questions about the event Call 865-217-0547. We've been over. I mean, it was 60 before the show started. Uh, we've seen a bunch of people come out. It's probably uh, a lot more than that now, and they had raised before the show started over $3,000 for Second Harvest Food Bank. It's a great event. You just see so many people having uh, a really good time with it and just a, a really cool setup here at Admiral Park where they have these regular Monday nights event, Monday night events. And uh, some of the, the desks that they're giving away are sponsored by Pluto Sports, and they've got a bunch of swag from them as well if you participate. So love everyone to stop, stop by and see them, and the event will uh, we'll get going uh, starting at 6 o'clock tonight as well. Fantastic, and we look forward to catching up with Daniel Hood before the uh, the show gets away from us. We step aside at 5.30 because tonight there's Tennessee basketball as the Volunteers play host to St. Joseph's. St. Joseph's 0-4 on the season, but they've played some tough customers. And uh, Tennessee, of course, aiming taking aim at a 5-0 and start. Why don't we go ahead and go to the Stanley Fencing and Gates hotline as we are now joined by SEC replay official Gerald Hodges. His appearance brought to you by A.G. Hines Company, providing building materials since anyone can remember. Gerald, how are you? Doing good, John. Vince, how are you? Doing quite well. Always appreciate your time. I hope you're coming off a, a good weekend, a productive weekend. And, and tell me first, before we get started, what was it like? And, of course, if folks have any questions or comments about the rule book, 656-9900, 656-9900. But uh, tell me, when you were part of a field crew, uh, and even as a replay official, what is it like when you get the, uh, you get the nod to work the SEC championship game as well as either a national championship game or semifinal? game it's it's a great honor john uh it's uh you know you 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 want to do your best every season of course but uh when those calls come out uh you know it's just uh you know you felt like you really did a good job and uh that verifies it i guess is the best way to put it it's always a thrill uh any postseason assignment preseason assignment uh a few of those up in new york and washington but uh, it's just a recognition that you've done, you know, been graded out very well during the season. So it's, it is a thrill. Well, it's uh, no doubt about it. I would imagine that is the case. And, 
And when you know that there is a, uh, it, does it have any kind of a different feel as you prepare for it? Or is it just keep your head down, look for what your responsibilities on the field are and, and make sure you call the game no different than you would call any other game. How is it? Does it have a different feel to it when you're working a game like that? Oh, it does in a, in a little bit. I mean, obviously you're going to work the same, hopefully work the same game you work all year. Uh, you're going to see teams, of course, you haven't seen as a rule, because you won't see any from the SEC, of course. Uh, but you'll see different, sometimes different styles of play and just, you know, all different offenses, defenses. And uh, I remember an Alamo bowl game a few years ago I had, the, you know, the score at the half was 31 to nothing in favor of one team. And, uh, you know, we were kind of coasting. We thought, boy, this, you know, we got it made up here in the booth, 31 to nothing. Turns out it went three overtimes, and the team that was ahead 31 to nothing got beaten three wow. overtimes. So you can't relax, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we go ahead and just go right to the phones? It's Bill who's up first. Bill, how are you? Hey, just fine. Hey, Gerald. Hey, Bill. Uh, hey, I know your son-in-law. I know you just a little bit. But anyway, what I was calling about, I was watching that SEC championship game, and that fellow for Florida made that real nice interception. And he was running back, and then that uh, gentleman from Alabama, that receiver, blindsided him, hit him, looked like in the neck or head or some area, and there was no penalty for that. And he ended up fumbling, you know. And I was trying to figure out what, what that, why there wasn't a, maybe a targeting call. Well, uh, the, of course, the rule, two things. First of all, uh, he is a runner. And the only way you can have targeting against a runner, Bill, is if the defensive player hits him with the crown of the helmet. And oh. uh, so uh, it's a little different than if it's a defenseless player, a receiver airborne or a quarterback. If a defenseless player then in the open field, you can have a blindside block which is separate there again from targeting. But in that case, if there's any contact above the shoulders, uh, whether it's the, you know, the helmet, okay. uh, forearm, uh, but you can have, you can have some legitimate, just really violent collisions that it's not a foul. It's just, like you said, it's just, uh, he caught him blindside. He was looking one way, maybe in the, the, uh, tackler came from the other, but, uh, as long as it's below the you know below the neck uh, and it's not targeting with the helmet, then uh, it's you know it, they can be pretty hard licks, but they're not a foul. Right. Did Did you all review that particular play, even though there wasn't a penalty called, or can you review it if there's not a flag thrown? Oh uh, well, I wasn't in the game. I was I was kicked oh, back at, at my sorry. son-in-law's going the game. Oh, so but. Uh, <laughs> The uh, uh, they, we review any any lick like that, Bill. Uh, you know whether it's called okay. or not, because we are charged to you know pick up any uh, targeting fouls that are called. That that came in about three years ago. Uh, so any you know that that one would raise a red flag just because of the you know the big collision. And uh, but, right. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it was reviewed, and uh, they felt like that it was not targeted. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bill, we yes, sure sir. do appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay. If uh-huh. you have, bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
If you have a question or comment for Gerald, 656-9900, 656-9900. His appearance brought to you by A.G. Hines Company, providing building materials since anyone can remember. And again, Vince, tell folks where you are. Yeah, we're out here at Admiral Park, 9950 South North Shore in Farragut. It's the first annual Admiral in Retrograde Disc Golf Tournament. Proceeds, all of them, 100% go to Second Harvest Food Bank. You can have some fun, some fellowship. The amateurs, if you haven't played before, you can get paired up with the professionals. And if you don't not familiar with disc golf, it's basically discs thrown into plastic chains, and they have a full course for it instead of the conventional golf where the ball goes into a hole. These are up uh, elevated, and um, and it's really cool. You see everybody working on it in, uh, in groups, and people have their bags, you know, just like, just like golfers, not a full... Uh, set of clubs or anything, but they have their bags and they keep their discs in and stuff like that, strategy and all that. So it, it is fun no matter how into it you are. And then Pluto Sports uh, sponsoring, they have a bunch of swag. And then, of course, Daniel Hood Roofing Systems, the VFL's company, uh, they're bringing, presenting this event today, which is awesome here at Admiral Park. Yeah, just a small way of giving back to the community. So we say thank you to Daniel Hood Roofing Systems. And, of course, uh, folks can call uh, for more information or to donate, 865-217-0547, 865-217-0547. And, again, proceeds going to Second Harvest Food Bank. Final segment to our number two of Sports Talk is next on 99.1, The Sports Animal. This is the home of accurate, factual sports information. Sports Talk with John Wilkerson and Jimmy Hyams on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Final segment to hour number two of Sports Talk. I'm John Wilkerson, Vince Ferrara, pinch hitting for Jimmy Hyams, and our guest, SEC replay official Gerald Hodges. And so why don't we go right to the phones as uh, we'll get this set up. To uh... There we go. And say hi to David. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, David. Good morning, or good morning. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> Gerald, I paid you a compliment last week, and now I'm going to now have to get on them a little bit. Uh, Uh-oh. The, the well, it, that uh, SEC championship game was very intense. Okay, let's say that, and it seemed like the uh, defensive backs were just getting away with just mauling the receivers, and uh, they were very close, just like that one hit. Uh, the you know that the gentleman talked about earlier, but it seemed like they were just letting them play, so to speak. But it seemed to also feel like, to me, that Alabama was just getting away with pass interference to the point where the refs wouldn't even call it pass interference. They'd say, oh, it was defensive holding or something. And it was like you could see the frustration building on the Gators. And that really it does have an effect on a team that way. And I just don't understand why they, they let them get away with that. And because of what it does to the other, it's almost demeaning the other team. But... Uh, it's almost like I was sitting there watching there, and I figured saving out, okay? Between a really good team, he, he tells his guys to just pass interfere with them because they're not going to get across the goal line, you know, because they've got such big hosses on the line. But anyway, could you speak to that, please, just a little bit? I appreciate it. No, David, I cannot. <laughs> I can tell you that well, you can have <laughs> – you can have uh, – 
defensive holding and not pass interference. Uh, okay. But the, okay. The, the whole rule, the rule of pass interference is it, uh, it has to be an obvious intent to impede the opponent. And that can go both ways, offense or defense. And that it is truly a judgment call. And, uh, the, you know, and another thing, that was my position downfield, you know, they and we, you know, but we will let them, you know, you know, kind of touch and feel and, you know, feel each other out and, you know, kind of hand fight as long as nobody gets a clear advantage. That's the key is an obvious advantage to impede. So you you may see some hands back and forth and they'll do that. The, uh, the receivers will kind of use their hands to kind of figure out where the defensive back is and vice versa. And, and, and Gerald, uh, and Gerald, I'm sorry, uh, and explain that because that's different than the NFL where the NFL, you basically can't even touch guys. It, that's not the case in college. So there's a, I think there's a difference in a perception uh, there as well when anyone sees hands from DBs to receivers in college football. Well, no, there's a difference in the rules. Yeah, there is right. a difference. That's what I mean, oh. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, but there are about four things that will get, you know, that when the officials call a foul, uh, they send in a foul report, and that's in the NFL and college. And if you call a pass interference call, uh, you have to explain it. You can't just say, well, it's pass interference, you know. But, you know, some of the things are not playing the ball and, uh, grab, you know, arm bar, grabbing, you know, twist and turn. Uh, sometimes the announcers, you know, they say, well, I, all he has to do is turn his head around, and he won't get called for pass interference. That's not the case. Just turning your head won't buy you out of the pass interference call. Uh, but what you'll see a lot of times, if you see some of these one-handed grabs, and I know the players practice that in their pregame because we watch them. You know, it's a sports center moment if you can come up with a, a you know one-handed grab. And some of the guys are obviously athletic enough to do that. They're big enough in their hands. I mean, they can palm a basketball, so a football's not a big big issue. But it's a lot of times if the guy goes up with one hand to catch the ball, the reason that is is the defender is holding his other arm out. So uh, there's, you know, there's several things. And then, of course, obviously, too, you can have holding and then the receiver get away and go downfield, you won't see anything. But if he's held to knock him off his stride, that's why you get, if you have a pass across the line of scrimmage and you get a defensive holding, that's an automatic first down. And if you have holding and the pass either doesn't cross the line of scrimmage or they don't throw it, then you, it reverts to just a plain you know, holding call with no, no automatic first. Well, and one of the things, and I, I believe this is part of David's conversation, is the fact that Nick Saban is a coach that works closely with the defensive backs at Alabama. It, it's been the case wherever he's been as a head coach. But, Vince, as you were talking about, there is a difference. In, in college, it's, I guess, Gerald, it's a 15-yard penalty or a spot foul up to 15 yards if it's within, uh, I guess, 15 yards of the line. And then, right. so instead of the spot foul that it is in the NFL, where it could be a 50 or 60 yard penalty, there are some coaches that tell their players, if you feel like you're beat, go and it's down the field, go ahead, just throw, 
throw your arms around him and or or just wrap him up and because they can they hope to mitigate the penalty by coming up with a big defensive play after giving the yardage uh, instead of giving up potentially the touchdown. That's correct. You know, a fifteen yard penalty on a very long pass uh, that saves the touchdown, then then that's a win win really for the defense. You know, you'll give up fifteen rather than the score, which like I said in the NFL you could have a seventy with some of the passers, you could have a seventy yard penalty, which is kind of excessive I think. But that's the difference in the two leagues too. Just sure. a wee bit. Uh, Sorry, we, John. Yeah. Sure, sure there was a lot of Sure was a lot of offense in that game for alleged holding on every play. That wasn't very successful. (laughs) We need to get a break. David, we do appreciate the call. We've got more with Gerald Hodges. We'll also check in with Daniel Hood. Gerald's appearance is brought to you by A.G. Hines Company, providing building materials since anyone can remember. And, Vince, you are having a lot of fun today being on hand as the sun is starting to set uh, in West Knoxville. (laughs) Yeah, and and my broadcast spot, it's set a while ago (laughs) in the shade and wind. But still fun it's a it's amazing how many people have come out and participated and uh it's a great event first the annual admiral in retrograde disc golf tournament uh brought to you by daniel hood roofing systems giving back and all the proceeds 100 go to second harvest food bank and uh if you want to donate a lot of people have stopped by and just donate even if they didn't participate you're welcome to do that as well or you can call 865 Look forward to talking to the VFL more about this event in a little bit. That'll start our next half hour of the show. We step aside at 530, so we have more coming up with Gerald Hodges. We've got Daniel Hood joining us next as you listen to Sports Talk on 99.1, The Sports Animal. From the Budweiser Studios of The Sports Animal. All my life I've been an obese man trapped inside a fat man's body. We are 99.1, The Sports Animal. out today's edition of Sports Talk because Tennessee basketball is coming up as the Volunteers play host to St. Joseph's University. I'm John Wilkerson. Vince Ferrara, pinch hitting for Jimmy Hyams. Our guest, SEC replay official Gerald Hodges. His appearance brought to you by A.G. Hines Company, providing building materials since anyone can remember. And uh, there was some preventive officiating going on. Uh, Gerald, I thought, during the SEC championship game, it was nice to see that as temperatures and chippiness were both on the rise that at one point while you had the holder and the place kicker for alabama setting up for the kick everybody else had been called together by the uh the head referee just to say boys we're going to cool it you could just tell that's what was going on that that will happen john and that's that's reused that's really usually a good thing you let everybody know right up front you know uh no more funny stuff. Uh, I actually was watching the game this afternoon. It's on TV, and uh, they had a they had a penalty in the game that uh, they they put an unsportsmanlike on every player on both teams today, and uh, that's kind of almost a last resort. But it certainly is effective because the next unsportsmanlike for anybody on either team, and they they are ejected from the ballgame. So. Uh, you know, you hopefully you don't have to get to that point, but that is an option. So uh, that may have been what's explained to him on the on the field in that one. Why don't we go ahead and get a call from Tommy, who joins us? Tommy, you're on Sports Talk. Hello. Hello. How are you, John? Doing well. Merry Christmas. 
Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Um, I have a question, uh, something that I've, I've noticed and now I think probably is is uh, the norm, and I don't really like it, and uh, I think it's kind of changed the game a little bit. And uh, so the questions for Gerald is, has, the, has there been a change in the way the ball is spotted uh, between downs? It seems like now that uh, on – when the ball is is downed uh, between the sideline and the hash marks or on the sideline or anywhere in between, the officials are rounding up or rounding backward or whatever to put the ball on the even yard line. And or if it's not uh, when it when the ball is down, by the time it's thrown into the hash mark and placed for play, it's it seems that 90, probably 95 percent of the time it's on the even yard line instead of uh, in between or whatever. Only only when you know it's uh, near a first down or close to a first down, where there may be uh, just short of a first down, uh, is it ever spotted uh, in between the hash marks anymore? And I just I feel like that it's we've gotten lazy in the way we spotted the football. And uh, I've noticed it on all levels, high school, college, and professional, especially professional. And so I want to know if, if there's a conscious change in the way the ball is spotted now. That's a good observation. Uh, the And true in the pros, they they pretty much, you know, they'll spot it on the nearest yard line. Uh, there's, you know, and unless it's a critical, like you said, close to a first down, close to the goal line, uh you know, you're only if, – if you round up or down, you're looking at about, you know, a foot and a half one way or the other. And if it's on the first or second down, normally that's not that big a deal. Uh, and also on the, after a punt or something like that where you made a fair catch, uh, they will try to spot it on the nearest, you know, yard mark. Uh, it just makes it simpler on the chains. And then when you do proceed under that series, you have a – what we call a hard line to look at if it is really close to a first down. Uh, I don't know that it's consciously that, but uh, I know it might be a little more. They might be a little more precise on a third or fourth down, you know, play or where it's involving the goal line or the first down state, and it just kind of speeds the game up some. Tommy, we really appreciate the question. Always appreciate you calling in. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. And, Gerald, uh, certainly wish the very best for you. Always appreciate your time. Thank you so much for jumping up ahead in the schedule with us today. But Merry Christmas to you and yours. Merry Christmas to you and Vince, John. Y'all have a good holiday. All right. Sure do appreciate it.